Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics on webtalkradio.net. And I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. And you hear that rock cracking, maybe it will be the last time in the month of July. We're about to get into August. And we got a special treat for you today because of infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure from California to New York and even in small rural northern mississippi it's very important the transportation system and we have a candidate for the transportation commissioner seat in northern mississippi and we're going to talk to him and no matter where you live infrastructure is so important will president trump and the democrats ever reach agreement or do we have to wait after 2020 well some of the problems some of the solutions somebody who wants to make solutions but we're going to talk to jeremy martin and he is running, he's a candidate for the Northern Mississippi Transportation Commissioner. We have a lot of listeners across Mississippi, but especially in North Mississippi. Uh, we, we want you to listen. You have friends there. Send a link to the show there. And this is a very important election coming up August 6th, very soon. And I want our listeners around the country to know this reflects what's going on in your part of the country. Maybe not in detail, but you listen and learn what the people want and somebody who wants to meet those challenges with solutions and a vision. His name is Jeremy Martin. That's why we invited him on this week's show. Let's take a listen. This week on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, we have our guest is Jeremy Martin, and he's Assistant Secretary of State, has been the last 10 years in Mississippi, and he is running for the North Mississippi Transportation Commissioner job. There's going to be a new one. The one now is uh, not seeking re-election, and it's very important. Then one reason I wanted to bring this interview to you is because across the nation, wherever you live, infrastructure has become a problem. And I'll tell you a little bit about in Mississippi, in North Mississippi, we've had uh, school bus uh, routes being rerouted. We've got bridges condemned, and and we got a state, really almost, you could almost say a state of emergency because we need four-lane highways built. There's some that's already, land's been bought and paid for, and for years they've been sitting there because there's not enough money to, to get it four-lane, and yet we've had some four-lanes done. And just last week we had an announcement from our federal delegation, the Senate and uh, our congressman and put together a, a packet to get like what, 40, 40, 50 million dollars in uh, to match with the state to build eight miles of four lane to uh, bring together four lane highways that will uh, come from where they're building a new auto, automobile plant in Huntsville, Alabama to where we got the Toyota plant in North Mississippi. 
So a lot of reasons why what's going on in North Mississippi is really a reflection of the nation. So, uh, Jeremy Martin, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. It's an honor to be with you, Doc. I've listened to your podcast now for several years. And, uh, you and I have been friends for many years, so it's an honor to be on here with you today. Well, it's good to have you, and, and you are one person who has a vast amount of intelligence as far as when it comes to what happens within the state of Mississippi and how things get done with government. You decided about a uh, well several months ago uh, the position was going to be open, and you decided to toss your hat in the ring for transportation commissioner. Why did you do that? That's a good question. I've worked, had the honor to work on behalf of the northern 32 counties of Mississippi as uh, northern district uh, service coordinator for the Secretary of State's office for the last 11 years and for the last three and a half years as Assistant Secretary of State for a remarkable statesman here in Mississippi, Delbert Hoseman, who has served as an incredible Secretary of State and role model and and an example for all uh, people in politics in this state and around the country on on how to make government more efficient uh, and effective for the taxpayers. He is currently seeking the office of Lieutenant Governor in Mississippi. When I heard that the Commissioner of Transportation for the Northern District of Mississippi was stepping down, it was a unique opportunity for me to pursue and prayed about it. And, and after getting the support of my family and closest friends, uh, decided this would be a great fit because of the immense challenges that we face right now with infrastructure, not only in North Mississippi, uh, but throughout the state. And, uh, and I say on the stump, and I think you may have heard me on the stump a time or two say that uh, the lives of our families, our friends, and our neighbors are simply too important for us to continue to kick this can. We need visionary leadership when it comes to the future of our transportation infrastructure system in Mississippi. And uh, for that reason, I'm running for this office. Well, that's a good reason to run. And you touched on something that I want to uh, bring to our audience. Uh, we we got listeners, of course, in Mississippi. And we're glad everyone was listening to, I know last week we had uh, some of our candidates for governor on. And the last couple of weeks, we got you on, but we got listeners around the country. And there's one thing you mentioned, a, a public servant named Delbert Hoseman, who's been the state of Mississippi's Secretary of State for the last few years and has done a remarkable job of uh, updating that office. And he did something that, and I know you helped him a lot on, and it's called a voter ID. Across the nation, we hear about voter ID, the need for it. And, and under the Obama administration, a lot of states were sued because of the voter ID, and they called it uh, voter suppression. A lot of the liberals loved jumping on that, saying it's voter suppression. And of all states, in the state of Mississippi, can you explain uh, how, how the voter ID real quickly, just how it came to be, what role you had in it, and why in the world did the Obama administration not suppress or stop the voter ID in Mississippi? back in 2007 and took office in 08. I came to work for him about five months after he took office. And one of the things that we began to do that had not been done before was send observers from the Secretary of State's office around the state to observe elections. And we observed what we already knew, and that is that when voters are intimidated, when vote buying takes place, when there is vote tampering in elections, it affects the most vulnerable of our citizens, the lesser educated, physically handicapped, um, those in lower socioeconomic groups, 
more than any other groups of people. And so for that reason alone, we all, I think when we assembled together back in 2008, already supported the idea of having a voter identification law in Mississippi. But that really reinforced what we felt was an emergency need to get it passed in Mississippi. And you may remember those days. We worked very closely with the Mississippi legislature and failed to get a voter ID law passed there. Right. It became a referendum and went on a statewide ballot. And uh, with overwhelming support, uh, the citizens of the state of Mississippi voted to, uh, to enact a voter ID law. And then we worked with the legislature to get enacting legislation and to implement the law. And that took several years. But uh, and we I held our first just, election back Jeremy, in 2014. Jeremy, let me stop you. Just, it's not easy to get a referendum in the state of Mississippi. So that was amazing. That, that I mean, it's just a long process. And I won't go into it. But it, the citizens actually put it on the ballot and, and got it passed. And like you said, the legislature worked with it. But I, did, I, did, I just wanted to tell our listeners that. To sure, go absolutely. And, uh, that, you know, during the time that we were implementing the law, uh, and there were so many steps. We could do a whole series of shows just on right. implementation of voter ID. But the secretary himself made numerous trips to Washington, D.C., had numerous phone calls with the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice to ensure that we were doing everything we could to meet their standards and meet their concerns. We met with groups all over the state of Mississippi, political and, and otherwise, uh, to discuss our plans uh, and, and in hopes of gaining their support. And uh, when we implemented the law back in 2014, and we've held elections now uh, all the way through 2019, we've yet to have a lawsuit against our voter ID law, either from the Department of Justice, from an individual or a third-party group. And, and I like to say it was a victory for the Secretary of State's office, but more importantly, it was a victory for Mississippi because there was no evidence of any intimidation or uh, or, or any other uh, suppression efforts in any precinct, in any county, in the 82 counties of Mississippi, uh, by poll workers uh, and, and election officials. And uh, for Mississippi, of course, with our past, to be able to say that we enacted such a law and did it so successfully, uh, I, I believe is a game changer when it comes to the way the nation views Mississippi uh, in its modern context and I'm, I'm honored and very proud to have been a part, a very small part of that uh, major project. Well, Jeremy, that, uh, thank you for telling our listeners about that. And I do thank our listeners around the country. If you're dealing with voter ID laws, people can come to Mississippi and see where Jeremy Martin worked with Delbert Hoseman and actually, you know, uh, just did a framework where anybody can come in and look at what happened in Mississippi and take it to their states if they're having trouble with voter ID laws. So thank you for that. I know that's uh, taking a little bit off uh, what you're doing now. So let's get back to what you're running for, the position of Transportation Commissioner, and which is a very important role. And we know, you know, everything, everybody first thinks of roads. And I just mentioned how we've had uh, bridges condemned and um, and school buses re- rerouted on a local level. It's important. And, you know, on uh, on the level of uh, overall picture, tell me real quick, the transportation commissioner, is that position, does it play a role? You know, we got ports on the 10-Tom waterway. we got sure. ports at the Mississippi River. we got railroads. Uh, what, what all does the transportation commissioner consist? I mean, what are your duties? That's a great question. And, and like most states in the United States, we have a Mississippi Department of Transportation. 
Where we differ from other states is we have three elected commissioners, uh, one commissioner from each third of the state that represents the people of that third of the state. In my case, it's 33 counties, uh, roughly 1.1 million citizens. And those three commissioners approve projects to be completed for the state of Mississippi. So it would take a two-to-one vote or preferably a three-to-zero vote to approve any project in the state of Mississippi. Uh, we would argue, and of course those are elected commissioners. So the unique thing about Mississippi is as the commissioner for the northern 33 counties, even though I would definitely have an impact on all projects in all 82 counties of the state of Mississippi, I would spend each and every day advocating for my third of the state in north Mississippi. And we have quite a history, um, and, and you're very aware of this, the commission approves projects for airports, ports, rail projects, and state highways. And because of that, you know, we have a comprehensive view of transportation, and my focus will be public safety first and economic development second, in ways that we can use and, and create uh, a more efficient intermodal uh, system in North Mississippi to advocate for economic development, but also make our roads and our transportation system safer for all of our travelers, whether you're traveling through Mississippi and not a citizen here, or for those folks that live here that travel our roads every day. And back in 1987, to give a little background, mm -hmm. we had one completed four-lane highway in all of North Mississippi. So if you took my 33 counties that, that I would be representing, we had one completed four-lane highway, and that was Interstate 55, uh, they go and, to the center of the country, north-south. And, and, Jeremy, I have to say, in, 18, in 19, 1987, uh, that's the year I graduated dental school. Of course, they get called Doc Holiday, and it's hard to believe, 1987. And, and I, the only way I could get to Jackson for, to go uh, to school, I went to school in Jackson, Mississippi, for the University of Mississippi uh, Dental School. And, and and the only way I could get there is usually to trace or go down Highway 15 or two lane road all the way. I mean, there was, uh, you know, and every once in a while I, I could get, cross over to get on 55. But you're right, that is the only four lane that was in '87, and it's hard to believe that. And so what what happened? Why? How do we get four lanes, uh, more four lanes after 1987? Well, that's a great question. And you remember back in 1987 too. It was an everyday occurrence. Almost every day you heard of a fatality on state roadways in Mississippi. Right. It was a constant thing, and in the newspapers and on television news, uh, because the roads were simply not safe, and we were certainly not poised to take advantage of any economic development opportunities back in 1987. We had a visionary group of people, many of them from North Mississippi, that knew if we were ever going to have safer transportation system and a more competitive region of the country, uh, more competitive region of the state, we were going to have to build four-lane highways. And... Uh, uh, John David Pennebaker from Union in Tippa County, uh, Mississippi, was um, at that time chairman of transportation in the state house, and he was really the spearhead to get this uh, program off the ground. But we had a 1987 highway bill, which enacted a gas tax, a use tax here in Mississippi, and we used that money to improve existing infrastructure, but more importantly, at that time, build new infrastructure. And it has been a game changer for Mississippi. In the last 32 years, to give you an example, just in North Mississippi, uh, we have uh, 72 in the very northern part, 78, 45, Highway 6, 
uh, Highway 82, the southern part of Highway 25, 61, uh, over on the uh, west side of the, the state, mm-hmm. and then numerous other stretches of road that connect other major uh, thoroughfares now are four-lane highways. We now have three instead of just one. We have three interstate highways, uh, 55, the, the traditional highway uh, interstate here, and then we have 269 and Interstate 22, the only interstate highway in the northeastern part of the state. Right. Safer roads, there's no question. Our roads today are so much safer than they were before. And you say and, safer, and, and a lot of our listeners, I know we got some young listeners, and they won't believe. I, uh, growing up in northeast Mississippi, you, you know, you usually people have to go to Memphis for different things and functions. And there used to be a 78 highway, a two lane road with uh, 18 wheelers back and forth, and just, you know, people trying to pass and get by. And it was, and that's where you're talking about. There used to be. Uh, a, a lot of deaths on that highway, and it was so dangerous. And, and people don't realize what uh, how many lives are saved just because of, we got a now we got Interstate 22 that we can jump on and go uh, right to Memphis, Memphis to Birmingham, basically. Absolutely, at, at major universities here in the northern part of the state, there was no four lane access to any of our major universities uh, at that time, and now there are. And, uh, but it's been a game changer. You, know, you look at the recruitment of industry, Oklahoma Tires, Toyota uh, in North Mississippi, dozens of distribution and manufacturing facilities that would have never located to this part of the state had we not had the four-lane infrastructure that we have now. And so we're very grateful. We've seen, uh, in the last 32 years, an incredible effort to move the state forward and to move this part of the state, North Mississippi, forward when it comes to transportation infrastructure. Jeremy, let me jump in just a minute. Let me remind our viewers that you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. We're talking to Jeremy Martin. He's a candidate for the North Mississippi Transportation Commissioner. And so he's sharing his vision. In fact, uh, I'd like for you to share a little more of your vision right now when we get to the second half of the show. Take it away, Jeremy. Unfortunately, like most of the country, Mississippi has lost that vision that we had back in 1987. We're using the money, literally every penny that we can get our hands on now, to maintain the existing infrastructure. And in many cases, the amount of revenue we have is so insignificant. It's just not sufficient enough to do it the right way. And and I call it a Band-Aid approach. We, We literally are trying to tackle the most urgent needs and do it in the most inexpensive way possible, which is not always the, the highest quality or in the best interest of the taxpayers, because we, what we find ourselves doing is overlaying projects more frequently now than we were before, because we're not addressing the more urgent needs, which are the foundational issues of the roads. Um, and certainly we're not building new roads. And you said it at the top of the show, and you're 100% correct. Mississippi taxpayers have invested tens of millions of dollars in land acquisition and utility replacement to build four-lane highways that were planned back in 1987 as part of that original highway vision Mm -hmm. for Mississippi, and they've never been constructed. And so it's a total waste of the taxpayers' money to not have completed those projects. And so I am running on a long-term vision, a 21st century vision, to continue what we started back in 1987 uh, to connect rural communities, to 
finish these uh, major four-lane highway projects around the state and to improve all of the infrastructure because maintenance of what we have is so important, Doc, and we've got to do it in the right way. We still are using bridges in many cases on some of our two-lane highways that were originally constructed back in the 1940s and 50s. I know there's some, actually, I think, constructed back during the uh, Roosevelt era when you know uh, the work program associations there's some that still exist from there i believe and i'll brag on our mdot employees i think they've done a very good job over the years of trying to maintain those bridges but at some point no matter what maintenance you've done to them they've outlived their life cycle and to replace bridges and to do foundational uh, work on state highways is an extremely expensive task but it's essential. We have billions of dollars of infrastructure that we've invested in in the past, and to let it simply crumble will, in the long-term interest of the taxpayers, cost us more. Uh, so today, you know, my emphasis is we must continue to invest in that infrastructure and uh, in times of the essence. Now, one of the things I'm going to uh, take a uh, be uh – I guess I'll be a little selfish right here. I grew up in Ripley, and you talk about – uh, four-lane highway infrastructure is very important. A little town called Ripley, uh, and where railroads used to be the lifeblood of a town, now four-lane highways are for getting, you know, a, a economic development. And they, and they were one of those originally from the 1987 plan, and it's never been four-lane. It's bought, paid for, up, and it's, it comes to the tip of county line, and it stops. So uh, do you have a vision to see that where that can be connected and get closer to, for industry to come in to help out with Toyota and other uh, car manufacturing that, you know, if you could four-lane that all the way up to Highway 72, you know, that would connect uh, Interstate 22 with Highway 72 and be a, be a very good a vein of uh, oxygen for economic development. Or You're 100 percent correct. Yes, sir. I'm adamantly uh, in support of it uh, for a number of reasons. The primary reason being public safety. If you travel through Highway 15, which is all two lane, by the way, in Tippa County, if you travel that road in the early morning or between maybe 2:30 and 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You're going to see bumper-to-bumper traffic. You're going to see a lot of near collisions if you don't actually see a collision uh, on the roadways through there. It's a dangerous stretch of road. And, I, and I'll tell you, I've, I've had a friend back in high school days, and a lot of people, and there's several people we know who were killed on that stretch of highway that's two-lane right now. Absolutely. And, I, you know, the other concern for me and you, too, and everybody that travels that road every day because of improved economic development, and, and we do have factories that are there now that weren't there in 1987, right. we have an increased amount of traffic, both commercial traffic and, of course, passenger traffic on that road, which has only put a greater strain on that existing two-lane highway. So it, it's essential for public safety. It's certainly essential for economic development. That's a community that you're proud of, and so am I. Uh, great workers. Uh, in that area, very skilled workers there. But if you're the economic developer and you're asked by a company uh, who's interested in your area how close you are to the nearest four-lane highway, when you tell them, many times that puts you at the bottom of the list, not the top of the list. And a four-lane highway, having that essential infrastructure through the center part of that county would change the, the upward projection of that county economically for generations. Right, and so I'm glad you see that, include that in your vision of the 21st century 
uh, transportation system that North Mississippi needs. We, we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, what what do you see? What do you want the voters know that why should they vote for Jeremy Martin over it? There's some fine candidates. You, in fact, there's five people in your race. There and, there, and there's some good people and that's worked hard. And that's what I love about democracy and, and the fact that people can run for I'm glad to see good people sign up like you to run for office. But one of you got to win. And so what separates you out from these other good people who are running in the race? Well, the first thing that I have argued from the beginning is I have a long-term vision for the transportation infrastructure of this part of the state. And it's based all on the public safety of our people and the economic development opportunities that I know we can take advantage of with improved infrastructure. But the second part of that is we need to hold the agency accountable. And accountability looks, it comes in several ways, but we've proven at the Secretary of State's office that we can make the most of less money. We can find efficiencies in government. We can run a state agency like you would run a private business. And that's exactly what we're going to do when we get into that office at MDOT. Uh, and it's going to take time to change that culture. But we're going to find opportunities to maximize the investment of the taxpayers and make them proud of what they see from their investment. Uh, but also, the workers at MDOT are in many cases demoralized. Pay is very low. There's a great deal of turnover in the agency. It will go a long way, I believe, to have a commissioner that gets to know the employees at MDOT, that gets to understand their needs, and not only gets to know them and understand their needs, but address many of those needs. And I look forward to doing just that. And then finally, making that agency accessible to the people in the state of Mississippi. I think that's so important for not just a perception issue, but from a communication standpoint. And so I look Jeremy, forward I... to ensuring that taxpayers have a direct line to get answers from the Mississippi's Department of Transportation. And I want to tell I, I want to tell our uh, the listeners that uh, especially ones that get to vote in North Mississippi, you are proven that you've done that as your position in the Assistant Secretary of State. Uh, you have made it very accessible and convenient and helping people out when they have questions. And I know that's what you want to bring to the uh, transportation uh, office. I think it will enhance the agency and its production so much for it to be more accessible to the people. Yes, sir. But, and, uh, Jeremy, I know uh, one last thing. I don't know if you got any thoughts on this. One thing, I've known you. Like I said, we've been friends for years, and I know you are very conservative. And and I want uh, our listeners to know, and uh, those who got friends and family, you may not be able to vote in North Mississippi. You know, we got listeners around the country, but if, you know, I got friends or neighbors in North Mississippi. If you're listening to it. I know Jeremy is a very strong conservative. Has been for years. He's a wonderful public servant. And sometimes we're talking about we got five good people running for this office. But I know you as a very conservative. Uh, candidate a very conservative in, in your politics i know there's one of the candidates and uh was very involved with uh, uh the john Kasich campaign in 2016 and and you know when you had a choice between trump and cruz and i know cruz i think uh, uh in mississippi uh, in the mississippi primary in 2016 uh trump won 75 counties cruz won seven and one of your opponents was uh one of the leaders for the John Kasich campaign, and they worked hard, but they went, didn't win anything in Mississippi, and uh, that, uh, he's more, he was more of the liberal Republican of all the Republicans running, 
and so I just I didn't know you had any comments about that as far as your conservatism. Well, I, I, I thank you for saying what the kind of things you said about me, and, and I do stand on my conservative record. Uh, yesterday, I was campaigning in the Mississippi Delta, and I was actually confronted by a voter who said that he had spoken to one of my opponents earlier in the week and that uh, one of my opponents had said to him that they shouldn't vote for me because I wasn't a Trump supporter back in 2016. Oh, man. Uh, I will say this. In 2016, I was Assistant Secretary of State. I worked for the Chief Elections Officer of the state of Mississippi. Uh, you were very, very aware of what I was doing in 2016, Doc, because you were right. one of the delegates for Mississippi to the National Convention. Right. Um that year, my primary concern was to ensure we held fair and impartial elections, which we did. Uh, secondly, I do serve as a I did serve as a delegate to the state convention for the Republican Party uh, right. at the Lee County Convention, Lee County Republican Convention. Uh, my neighbors elected me chairman of that convention. I had and a fear that some of the other campaigns would try to undo the will of the people and hire and, and elect delegates to the state convention in hopes of getting delegates to the national convention that would vote against Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, I remember, remember I was adamantly was, yes. opposed to that and worked extremely hard that year to ensure that the will of the people was honored, and, and it was. Uh, so I'm very proud of my record in 2016. Uh, I know that one of my opponents worked for the Trump campaign, another did work. I think he was actually the chair for the Kasich campaign in 2016. Uh, but I'm very proud of what I did in 2016, which was to ensure that the will of the people of the state of Mississippi uh, was honored, and uh, and it was. And I and thank you for that. What's resulted from and that? People probably forgotten because Trump has been president so long now. But uh, there were a lot of people. Now there's people against Donald Trump. There were people within a Republican Party against Donald Trump in 2016. As everybody knows, he was fighting to drain the swamp, and there was a. You know, and and I just remember John Kasich, governor of Ohio. Uh, he he wasn't ever seemed to drop out once Trump had it wrapped up, and then he would he never even stepped foot in the convention. It was in his own home state of Ohio, and anyway, he's just sort of gone left wing and still a never Trumper. And you know, I well, even in the early days of this national convention, and you were there, uh, there was still talk about a possibly contested. Uh, convention right uh, and then try to take the nomination away from trump and so uh anyway i i know you were very wise and helpful in making sure the will of the people was honored and i, I just think our listeners need to know that you in your position you were very adamant and strong that the will of the people of the state of mississippi in the republican primary that their intentions were carried out and they were so thank you for that well, thank you, and, and I think that says a lot about the character of a person, and, and I'll just finish with this, kind of tie it back to transportation. Right now, Mississippi is plagued by a problem that the national government's been plagued by for decades, and that is that many times there are political favors that come in the way of, of, of contracts where taxpayers' money are spent uh, to pay back political favors. There's no question it happens in state agencies. There's no question it's happened in the Mississippi Department of Transportation over the years. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that Secretary Hoseman and I have worked extremely hard to ensure that that did not happen at the Secretary of State's office. I'm going to bring that same desire and that same urgency to the Mississippi Department of Transportation. 
And I think that the employees there feel the same way I do. They're taxpayers, too. We want to ensure that our money is being spent wisely, uh, effectively, and that every penny of it goes toward making our highways and our transportation systems safer and our state more competitive economically. And so that's the vision going forward. And I just ask that everybody that can vote for me on August 6th uh, turn out to vote first and foremost. And please consider voting for me for Transportation Commissioner. That's Jeremy Martin uh, running for Transportation Commissioner of North Mississippi. I know we've got listeners around the country. Not everybody can vote, but, hey, so you may have uh, – Ken folks who live in North Mississippi and uh, our Mississippi listeners, some of you not in North Mississippi, but you have, uh, again, friends and relatives there. So uh, send them this link, let them listen to it. And around the country, people need to understand that's why we need infrastructure and we need Donald Trump and the Democrats working together. And if uh, they Democrats won't work with Donald Trump, it's time to, uh, instead of impeaching Trump, let's do better than that. Let's kick all the Democrats out. And get somebody in there to work with the president. How about that in 2020? Okay. Talking about the president. Next week's show, we're going to be talking about what Robert Mueller did uh, in the testimony in the House Judiciary Committee and Intelligence Committee. So, uh, interesting show coming up next week. Don't forget to tune in. We will keep you up to date on Rock Splitting Politics right here. WebTalkRadio.net. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.